Well, here we go. We might as well start. It seems like uh, it's been ages since we did a Tuesday night Bible study. It was uh, it was last year. Yeah. Last time we did one. A year ago. Uh, <laughs> 2019. Boy, that seems like such a long time ago now, doesn't it? Everybody gotten used to 2020? Oh, we've been in the book of Colossians. We didn't quite finish it. So we're right on the tail end of it. One word. Guys, give me one word about Colossians. Well, that's tonight. That's what we're talking about today. Any other ones? This is last year. I'm supposed to Well, you know, a lot of times you can sum up whole books by just one word. It always helps whenever you get a hold of that one word of a book. So when you're reading it, next time you go through it, you say, this is what it's emphasizing. Like in the book of John, it's really about deity of Christ. Jesus is God. Or Matthew, King, Mark, Servant, Luke, Man. Romans, justification. Um, Colossians is supremacy. Remember that one? Supremacy of Christ. Or preeminent. You know, I would have thought of Hebrews. And it is. Hebrews is the preeminence of Christ. Hebrews is a, a book about the preeminence of Christ. And so that's why we say supremacy. Here, but it's very equal to that. To that, but and of course they're all about Christ, aren't they? But anyway, uh, He's supreme in all things, and that's what we've looked at as we've gone through there. He is supreme in the universe because He is the Creator and He's the Sustainer. That's what it said in chapter one. He's supreme in the world and over all people, isn't He? So supreme in that He's supreme. In our lives, he's supreme in where we're at as far as church is concerned, like Colossians chapter 3 dealt with that, uh, as far as the home is concerned, as far as work is concerned, he's supreme. In the, he's supreme when we are amongst unbelievers, whether you have that. So in all those four chapters, you get that, whatever the theme is, he's supreme in that kind of situation. So he's in a highly exalted position, and that's the idea of, of that. It's delightful as you uh, think about who Christ is and as we partake of him. And uh, we know that Colossians tells us how to live the Christian life. That's practicality. We've got a lot of doctrine in it, didn't we? about who Christ is and His person and what He's done. And of course, I think in chapter 1, one of the greatest passages in all the Bible and who He is, is that He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. I am, all things were created. And uh, and there it shows the uh, very deity of Him, what He did. So that's where we have uh, been practical, doctrinal, 
And so we come to the conclusion of this uh, book and showing the teammates of, Christ, uh, of Paul. Paul wrote the book. Paul wrote much of the New Testament. <clears throat> and this particular book here, he needed a lot of people around him to get this uh, read, to get it to the churches, to get it to the, uh, the people. And uh, so he relied on friends and all of his ministry to help him. He was in prison when he wrote Colossians, right? He was in Rome. <coughs> and uh, what he does as he finishes up in this chapter 4, he uh, shows how he depends upon them, that they're good leaders. <coughs> he can't do it alone. He needed them. And uh, so they all come alongside him in his ministry. And he mentions like, I think about eight uh, in the book of Acts, throughout that long book of Acts, something like a hundred people that associated with Paul and his ministry. So he wasn't a lone ranger at all. Many people around. I think of Proverbs 27:17. Iron does what? Sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. That's why it's good for Christians to be together whether it be one-on-one, -on -one, whether it be Bible study, uh, just fellowship, friendship. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. So God's people are people that uh, really need to work together. They can't do it by themselves. Obviously, that's why there is such a thing as the church. So we can learn from these uh, these eight men here that Paul mentions about being faithful. That's really what they were. Let's have a word with the Lord. Father, you are a great God. You are who we come close to. Sit at your feet. You are our teacher. The Holy Spirit leads us into your truth that we read, that we hear. May these truths be evident in our lives. May they affect us, touch us in many ways. And that we can learn tonight from these eight faithful men who uh, helped Paul in his ministry. Some of them we haven't even really heard much of, don't know about. Some of them we know a little bit more about than than other than others, and uh, yet see, Lord, how you use them to uh, bring forth your gospel, and that's what we're about. That's what we desire to do. And uh, help us to be faithful, to be strong, be encouraged tonight by your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. So we finished last about. The, uh, our speech and living with uh, around unbelievers how we're to conduct ourselves and then he closes it out oh yeah well, on the back row there's uh, an outline back there the uh, first name that we're going to see is uh, Tychicus so we start at verse 7 
says, as to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother, faithful servant, and fellow bondservant in the Lord, will bring you information. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances, and that he may encourage your hearts. Stop there. Here we have a faithful man in Tishkas. And, uh, you know, we think about names of people. So what a name that is, Tishkas. You ever heard of anybody running around with that name today? Probably not. But his name means fortunate, fortuitous. That's his, the idea of his name. I think he was really fortunate to be having the privilege to minister with Paul. He, uh, throughout Scripture and the New Testament, he is mentioned like five times in the New Testament. He uh, is first seen in Ephesus. That was at the end of Paul's missionary work. And he came from the province of Asia. That's, and Ephesus is in that part of the world. It was a the major city. Um, at least a major city of there of Asia. He was probably a convert of Paul. That wouldn't be too surprising, would it? Um, quite a worker under Paul. Uh, he took up collections from the Gentiles, and he was going to go to Jerusalem with others and uh, take the collections they had gotten from the Gentile cities, Gentile churches, as they went to Jerusalem for... Uh, aid to the, the poor saints there. And uh, so he was a representative to do that. Um, go back to uh, in Acts 20, verse 4. Here's a list of men. Some of them we'll be looking at tonight. Uh, he was accompanied by, this is Paul, uh, Sopater of Berea, the son of Purus, and by Aristarchus, and Secundus of the Thessalonians, and Gaius of Derbe, and Timothy, and Tychicus, and Trophimus of Asia. So there's Tychicus right there, of Asia. And they had journeys that they would go on into Greece. He spent a lot of time with Paul. He was really willing to travel. I want to tell you something. That wasn't a big thing right at those days to travel. You know, it was really hard. It was difficult. It was dangerous. Uh, you would have to leave your family, friends, your church. It would be for a long time. It wasn't easy to travel. The roads weren't that great. And you could lose your life. So that's what Tishkas did in that sense. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 another passage that deals with what was going on there. It says, Now concerning the collection, for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. So that that's that collection that I was talking about that might be familiar now. And he was one of those that was doing that. Um, Titus chapter 3 First Timothy, Second Timothy, and then Titus. Titus was a pastor there of Crete. Titus 3.12, it says, When I send Artemis, 
or Tychicus to you. Make every effort to come meet Nicopolis. So he's telling Titus, the pastor in Crete, okay, you're coming and I'm going to meet you. And so I'm not going to leave it blank there without somebody. He's going to leave possibly who? Tychicus. There at Crete to pastor while Titus goes to meet Paul. So when he pulled people out of places, he made sure that he had good people to come in and take the place. So it's a teamwork. That's what this is about. It's faithful teamwork. I could have that as a title tonight too. Anyway, he definitely has a serving heart. Um, uh, oh, Ephesians 6.21. Now remember, he is from that city and that church. Right at the end of the great book of Ephesians, but that you all say, so may know about my circumstances, how I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. That's one of the main ministries that Tychicus did to deliver these letters like uh, Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon. He was in on that to bring those books, those letters, those are precious books, aren't they? Or letters that we study today. So he had a great big part of it. So put yourself in that place. You know, you say, oh, what's the big deal with these guys? We can just read these last few verses and be done with it. <laughs> but you start thinking about it. You know, these guys were real. They were just like us. You know, there he is. He's just, he's just going to deliver a letter. Just do that, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, I'll tell you what he had to do to get that letter. Like to Colossae. You know what he had to do? Well, he's in Rome. Paul's in Rome, in jail. He's got the letters written. Okay, here goes Tychicus. He has to cross Italy on foot. Then, you have to sail across the Adriatic Sea. Then, you have to traverse across Greece on foot. And then you sail across another sea, which is the Aegean Sea. And you go all the way to the coast of Asia Minor. And then you walk about 100 miles to reach Colossae. There you go. What a trip. <laughs> He's got a, And Paul doesn't have a flight plan for him. He's got to do all this with... Of course, he's got others that are going to be going with him. But uh, Paul... Do you think he had the means, though, somehow, to do this? He make it, I mean, had to somehow. Yeah, he had to have some... He's boarding <laughs> ships. All right. There's, you know, either from himself or maybe offerings had been taken up on that. Maybe that's how that's why he always did this because the means were always yeah. there. Got to have food. Right. So I think Paul trusted him with three huge letters. What would we do without Ephesus, Ephesians, Colossians, as we've studied here? There's a spiritual work in Romans. Okay, back to uh, Tychicus. Uh, there's three terms that he gives him. Uh, I guess you could say credentials, maybe. What does he call him? 
Listen to my fears. Tishkas, our what? Beloved brother. Uh, greatly loved by Paul. Greatly loved by others. Church uh, at Rome. Church at Rome, right? Uh, he's also called a what? Faithful servant. A faithful servant. Servant there is diakonos. From which we get our word deacon, which means to serve. Uh, he was not called to be a great leader, teacher, or great thinker, didn't write books, but he is a faithful servant. Faithful, he's dependable. That's that's a key point of God's people, to be faithful, to be dependable. High commendation from Paul when he says, hey, Tishkas is our beloved brother. He's a faithful servant, a fellow bondservant. Uh, bondservant there's doulos, which means slave, fellow slave. Fellow slave in relationship to the Lord, he's a slave of Christ. So there's the credentials. And what's his purpose? Right at the end of verse 7. Encouragement. There it is. He's going to show up. Show up at Colossae. Show up, you know, at Ephesus. And what he's going to do is encourage the people. They need to know what's going on. What's Paul been writing about? Well, he gives them some great truths, doesn't he? So information. The Lord, he's, he's this faithful servant in the Lord. He will bring you information. I've sent him to this very, for this very purpose. That's what it's about. So as you divide this down, you see that. Wow. Uh, if nobody takes the letter, Paul's in prison. Nobody takes it. What good is the letter to them? And they need to know. Paul is greatly encouraged also that they want to know. And, uh, of course, great to grow on, isn't it? Here we are today. He was the one who was had played a key role in delivering that book. First postman. <laughs> yeah. You know, we really thought about what it took to get that letter there. You know, you start thinking about it. Wow, that's an amazing thing. That's a long way to take that. I don't know how many miles it was, but can you imagine traveling like uh, the Pony Express? <laughs> Going across all the Midwest and the West? Anyway, it wasn't a small thing to deliver that letter. And it has eternal value. They have horses. Um, yeah, you never really hear of uh, these guys doing that. Yeah, I mean, at very well, they could have. You know, there might have been places that they did. You know, but um, a lot of places would just, you know, unless you had, you had to be uh, doing pretty good to have a horse. Well, you know, to buy a Mustang today, four, you know, pretty good money. <laughs> I can't see the Apostle Paul riding on a horse. <laughs> it's kind of, he, well, you know, he got, what, didn't he get thrown off of one? Is that him? <laughs> he probably said, that's enough of that. <laughs> he took it a little further. 
Yeah. 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 Maybe he took that as yeah. a sign he wasn't supposed to ride horses no more. Probably so. <laughs> they, you know, they, they would use ships. They'd use boats. Uh, so, and I'm sure that maybe they would go from one town to another town sometimes, and using the the pearls, the definitely the Roman army <laughs> would definitely have been using most of the horses at that time. Yeah. Because most of them came out of Asia. Mm-hmm. Those were very small horses. Mm-hmm. That's where they were at, too. What came Probably out of so. They're nothing like the horses we have today. Uh, the Arabian. Yeah, there were Arabian horses. Now, those well, are bigger, those, aren't they? They went further east. Africa, mm-hmm. where the Arabians came Is that really where they were? Yeah, they came out of Africa. So anyway... Information. There, Bill. Find out for us. <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of things did uh, he probably tell him about? Even you know he had the letter, but he probably told him about the health of Paul, for instance, uh, the hopes that he has, the future prospects, what they have in mind to do, being doing. But this is all encouraging. That's really what it is to the people. They need something like that, and they need to hear from, really, this is God's Word. So, that was why the letter of Colossians was delivered. All the, all the great doctrine that we've looked at, and practicality. So, that's one guy. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, verse 9. Where is Paul in prison? He's in prison. He's in Rome. As he wrote uh, Ephesians... Colossians, Philemon, it's called the uh, prison epistles. So we have, now we, we've learned who was, who was playing a key role in bringing that letter. Here's another guy that helped bring that. name is Onesimus. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number. It means he came from them. They will inform you about the whole situation here. What's going on at the prison? What's going on at Rome? You know, the the capital of the world. What's going on at the Rome church? Church at Rome. Boy, the Roman church. That sounds like the Roman Catholic church, doesn't it? But in a sense it was. It was a general church, universal. But it wasn't the Roman Catholic church that we think of. Anyway, Onesimus, what's the deal with him? He's a slave. He's a runaway slave. And at one time, he he wasn't a slave for God. You know, he uh, he was a slave of who? Philemon. That's why that letter had to be written. You see, he left Philemon. He was on the run. He ran into who? Paul. Right. Anyway, Paul leads him to the Lord as a believer, now he's going to go back home to his home church, which he's never been a part of, but he's a member of it now. And he's going to be helping deliver this, these letters. And uh, so here we have. He had been dishonest in what he had done, and now he's wanting to make it right. Philemon is his master. Onesimus had not been a believer. He runs away to Rome and comes back a faithful, beloved, 
brother. He was transformed. Can you imagine oh, by that? by the way, Paul said, put all these debts on me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to push the door easier get back in the door. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay for it if there's anything that well. needs to be done. Well, uh, he goes back as one of their own members. Can you imagine how they must have taken him in? You know, wow, this is... You've been with Paul? <laughs> By the way, had Paul ever been to Colossae? Well, they'd never seen him. <laughs> but he did. Yeah. He got to meet him and talk with him and get uh, discipled. But it was Paul. <laughs> I'm sure they had a lot of questions to ask him. Uh, but anyway, I think that would have been exciting for the church seeing him come back. I think probably used that a lot with Paul. So these guys are the ones that, that go. You have uh, you have what? Uh, you have uh, a serving heart in Tychicus. You have a transformed heart in Onesimus. So we go to the next guy. Verse 10. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings. And also Barnabas, oh, stop right there. Aristarchus, um, he's a fellow prisoner. He said, what, was he in Rome? And the prison at Rome too? Probably not. I think what he's really probably relating to in the sense that he is spending a lot of time with Paul. It's almost like he's a, a prisoner, but also he's a fellow prisoner in the Lord. And I think that's probably what that, that is meaning. He's a Jewish believer, so he's Jewish has a Greek name, Aristarchus. I believe he understood grace. Um, definitely. Uh, Acts 20, verse 4. We read this while ago. His name came up. It's accompanied by Sopater, Brius, son of Perus, and by Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians. So, where is Aristarchus from? Originally from... Thessalonica. Uh, how about chapter 27 of Acts? Verse 2. two. <clears throat> and embarking in an Andromitan ship which was about to sail to the regions along the coast of Asia, we put out to sea accompanied by Aristarchus. Macedonian of Thessalonica. So he's mentioned again. This was on the voyage to Rome. That's the boat that wrecks. Yeah. And it's interesting to note that these guys went through a lot of stuff. Same kind of stuff Paul did. Yeah. He's really invested in what's going on. I think it is in Acts 19 29. Oh, do you remember when the uh, the city there in Ephesus has a riot and they're crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! So you got a whole big crowd out there yelling that. Verse 29, The city was filled with confusion, and they rushed with one accord into the theater, dragging along Gaius and... Aristarchus. Now, Gaius, we've seen already listed. I think it was was a chapter twenty. 
whatever, or somewhere else he goes, which is the next chapter, but we already read that. Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. What, who are they dragging? Aristarchus. Why are they dragging Aristarchus? Because he hangs with Paul. They, they didn't know too much about him, but they knew about Paul, and he must be one of Paul's companions. So they drag him. <laughs> A rioting mob, and he's recognized as one of Paul's companions. Uh, like we say, he was on that voyage to Rome. So there he is in a riot. There he is in a shipwreck. And you'd say, I don't think it's a good idea to hang around with Paul. I don't know about this Christian thing. It just doesn't seem to be fun. It just doesn't seem to be too prosperous. Health, wealth, gospel? I don't think so. Wow. Maybe I ought to think about it. You know what? I think people do. Later on, as they enter the Christian realm, they think everything's all great. And all of a sudden, reality hits. A lot of people stay. But a lot of people stop. They're tired. They walk away. This is not worth it. This is, yeah, it's way too much. And so that, that's what happens. But this, this guy here, he just keeps on going on. He's still with Paul, despite the riot, the shipwreck, uh, prison thing that Paul has had to go through, but he, he never got uh, to where he wanted to run from it. He suffered, he labored with Paul. And that's what a Christian does. They go all the way through. Yeah. Uh, you know, think of the doctrines of grace where you have you take the tulip total depravity unconditional election limited atonement irresistible grace and then what? perseverance of the saints true believers will go through it all that's not to say they're not going to have struggles because that's what they're going to have all the way through they're going to have struggles but those struggles are going to go huh? those struggles Struggles turning into gold. Yeah. How do you get tough? Right. When is that going to happen? <laughs> well, it's happening. Exactly. It's called refining fire. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that we go through in life, I call it suffering. Some people say, well, until it's persecution of faith, then you're not suffering until you're persecuted. Um, this whole life is a life of suffering and tribulation. We have trials constantly. And some of them, some people are known because of their uh, standing up for the faith and being persecuted. And granted, a public, you a know, public acknowledgement of what they've had to do. Right. right. But every one of us have gone through some things, really tough things. And we're talking all the way to the point of where we've had to go through, where we've lost people that died that were the closest to us that could be. That's hard to go through. That's about as hard as it can be. Or just total rejection from others. Yeah. Rejection from others of your loved ones. The other way around. Yeah. We've gone through some things, haven't we? We sure do. 
every one of us here, we, we know we know some of those trials that we've gone through. This is about encouragement, isn't it? You betcha. See, we're not alone because the church has always done that. But I'll tell you what, people who are faithful, you know, I, I use that I use that marine analogy a lot there, Tony. But I think about how how did they get to be as tough as they are? Marines are like the toughest, right? How? Because of the grueling things they had to go through to make them tough. But it was worth it, right? Aristarchus, fellow prisoner, identified with Paul so much that he shared his prison ex- uh, experience. He gave up his own freedom to minister to Paul as he stayed there in Rome. He's called a fellow worker. He labored with hardships that Paul had. Fellow worker. Boy, hard working. But it pays off. Yeah. So, we go to the next one. Also, Barnabas' cousin, Mark, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Mark. He was a Jew lived in Jerusalem. You know about that gospel that's called Mark? He's the one that uh, wrote it. Got a lot of information from uh, Peter. Uh, Matter of fact, his mother kept an open house for the believers in Acts 12. It's very... uh, well possible that uh, the upper room was uh, ran by her or she had that and um, Jesus might have you know known her very well or Mark you know somewhere along the lines there but uh, what's that? definitely definitely When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark. You ever heard of John Mark? Well, that's why he's called John Mark. You think, John? Well, that's the apostle, right? No, this time it's John Mark or Mark. Where many were gathered together and were praying. Well, there it is, early in the church. And their meeting must be at her place. Hmm. Very, uh, very important place. Church of Jerusalem. The believers met there. So an open house. Go to Acts 13, verse 5. When they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John as their helper. That would be John Mark, stated in the context of Acts 12. That would be the John. It's John Mark. Uh, he was helping very early on in the church. Uh, verse 13, Now Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia, but John, or Mark, left them and returned to Jerusalem. You know what he did? He bailed. There it is. We're talking about those guys, right? There's a difference, though. He does come back. He's Barnabas's cousin, Barnabas was, of course, a real good friend and companion. 
and minister with Paul. Paul and Barnabas, right? Barnabas means what? Encouragement. He was an encourager, a son of encouragement. Um, he's a cousin. Barnabas, when the going really got tough, on that first missionary journey, and you're going to places where it is very hard to get to, the roads, it's dangerous. Mark saw what was happening. <laughs> He was a mama's boy for a while. He was just Adios. Like, yeah, I think mama took care of him for a while and got out there. It was a real nice fun as it was. Well, what did this cause? It caused a little bit of a problem between Paul and Barnabas because Barnabas wanted to, you know, don't give up on Mark, you know. And, and they got into a big argument. And Barnabas went his way. Later on, Paul teams up with Silas. And it shows you there, you know, Christians you know, can have their differences in what they split. And so they go. Uh, anyway, Mark, 12 years later, is ministering to Paul in prison. And that's a forgiving spirit that Paul had, or had to have. Um, look at Philemon 24. Titus Philemon, just four Hebrews. He's saying, Epaphras, he greets you, then verse 24, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. Anyway, he mentions Mark, doesn't he? And it shows you that he was a part of the ministry of Paul later on. So he didn't hold it up against him for the rest of his life. Uh, look at Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Only Luke is with me. He's in prison. Pick up Mark. Matter of fact, this is the last leg of Paul's life as he's in prison there. He'll be killed. Uh, but he said there in... Uh, what first was I at? Yeah, 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 yeah. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you. For he is useful to me for service. There we go. They had their outs. But here at the end, we see Mark serving Paul. That's a good thing, isn't it? And of course he was chosen to write the Gospel of Mark. Paul put some pretty important people around him, didn't he? So if we fall in our walk or our service, does that mean we're washed up? God is not done with us. If that be the case, none of us would be here, would we? We just keep on going. We pick ourselves back up and we just go on again. It's what? By the power of God. And it's like, wow. Other things I would have given up. But I know this is right. You just keep on going. You don't feel like it sometimes, do you? <laughs> but you keep doing it. How come? The Lord's doing that. He's doing that. Well, we got another one. Don't you like to meet these guys? Every time, you know, you, you get the end of a letter and you go, 
oh, there's not much doctrine here, not much practicality. And you get to thinking about it, you know, there's a lot here. And we're going to meet these guys. We're going to know them for eternity. Get to it's good to know a little bit about them now. They don't know anything about us. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah that guy. Oh, yeah. But they will. We have an eternity to figure out who these guys are. They're probably not the first people we'll go to. Of course, Christ is first. You know. Then, of course, you're probably thinking, you, you know, all, all the people that are, I'd like to go to see Paul, you know. <laughs> Start thinking David and Solomon, or how about uh, you mean, uh, Nebuchadnezzar? Oh, yeah, he would be interesting to talk to. Yeah. He would tell you about the sovereignty of God, wouldn't he? <laughs> 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 A lot of interesting people, all different backgrounds. I really didn't know much about Nebuchadnezzar. Quite an interesting work know, there, wasn't it? Like, Did he choose God? <laughs> <laughs> He knew what was, here's what happened. Well, I'll tell you what. Got another guy by the name of Jesus Justice. That's an interesting name. Verse 11, also Jesus, who is called Justice. Or Jesus Justice, as they say. We're back, Colossians. And we're on our, I don't know how many guys we've, done already. Verse 11. And we don't know much about him. This is the only place that you'll find anything about him. Um, He might have been one of the Roman Jews who believed Paul's message. He might have, you know, come from Rome there. And uh, we know Jesus is the form of Joshua or Yeshua, right? Which means what? Savior. And he's got a name by the name of Justice, which means justice. <laughs> Savior, justice, pretty good name there. Um, I think it's interesting too. It, it, that means righteous, right? Justice, righteousness. Um, Paul didn't have a lot of Jewish Christians helping him much, right? Matter of fact, they grieved Paul all the way through. Most of them tried to kill him. But he took a stand with Paul, as Jesus' justice does, no matter the cost. He's a fellow worker for the kingdom of God. And um, he says here, who are from the circumcision. So, you know, he's a real Jew. Paul was a real Jew. But there it is, there, circumcision. And he proved to be, and what? There's that word again, encouragement. He was an encourager. Boy, Paul really needed that, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, only these three Jews proved to be an encouragement to him. Jews who had become Christians. Next one is... Um, what do we have here? Um, Paphras. And he's one of your number... Bond slave of Jesus Christ sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers that you may stand perfect and fully assured in the will of God. And I testify for him that he has a deep concern for you. 
And for those who are in Laodicea and Heropolis, those are cities that are neighboring cities, like what Columbia would be or something like that, if Jeff City, you know. Anyway, it's all in that valley, like it's a valley. So that happens to be Epaphras. And in Colossians 1, of the same letter, we see Epaphras. So we've studied him. It says, 7, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Uh, he started the Colossian church. He's probably the pastor of the Colossian church. That's Epaphras. Uh, he was... Uh, the one who went to Rome here at this time. He left home, went to uh, Rome because there were dangerous heresies that had been threatening the church there at Colossae. And that's what he did. He left Colossae to go to Paul to tell him, here's what's happening. So Paul writes back, and that's what we spent a lot of our time dealing with all the false teaching that had come in different uh, philosophies and religions and legalism and you'll remember that, right? And so he was concerned of that and he's known for his prayer life. That's what his life is about. He said, uh, uh, send you his greetings, always laboring earnestly. So So he's doing it always, always praying. He's doing it fervently here earnestly and he's doing it for you so he's doing it personally you know in his prayers you know to individuals and such as he does it for the whole church and uh, and he does it in a in a particular way that he that they may stand what perfect or mature and fully assured in all the will of God that's, that's a pretty powerful prayer it's our prayer for each other, isn't it? That we become more and more mature and we'd be strong in the faith. So that is our brother Epaphras there. Uh, we go on now to verse 14 and we see Luke, the beloved physician, sends you his greetings. That's it. But we sure have a lot of Luke in our New Testament, don't we? Luke was one of the ones that was on most of the journeys that Paul did. Luke wrote most, much of these journeys down in detail. He even did the, uh, the shipwreck in detail. What happened after that? Uh, historical cities he writes down. It proves that, you know, that this was real, that it happened. He'd tell you why and when and what, what it was about. So he's a great writer. He was educated. He was cultured. He knew the Greek language very well. You need somebody like that on your team. He did a lot of things. I mean, he did everything. And he did everything as he wrote with complete accuracy. By the way, it's not an accident that he's a beloved physician. Because you can imagine a lot of the diseases that they were running into. And God just brought him along to be a missionary physician and one who's able to write 
historical. I mean, this man played a huge role. The Gospel of Luke, the whole book of Acts, 28 chapters. Luke is what, 21 chapters, 24 chapters? It's kind of like a historian as well as a physician. Yes, that's right. Quite a special talent. God brought him along, and boy, Paul needed him severely, didn't he? Being the physician that he was, they needed that. So, what a privilege it was that that he had. Um, Philemon 24, see him in writing in in Acts all the way through. Uh, Philemon. We read this first earlier, but here's his name again. Uh, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. Didn't give a lot about Luke there, but you know he uh, played a key role. Second Timothy 4:11. I think uh, we might have read that earlier too, didn't we? Um, about Luke's name being mentioned there. Epistles. Somebody have that? I don't have it. Only Luke is with me. Is that what you Yeah, yeah. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark. Pick him over here. All I've got right now is Luke. <laughs> I need I need help. You said Second Timothy four eleven. So only Luke is with me. Right. Get Mark and bring him with you. Right. Then we have uh, Demas here in verse uh, back to Colossians four, <coughs> right at the end of fourteen, right? And also Demas, such a We don't get a lot about him there. He's listed as uh, definitely doing some. Substantial work in the in the Lord. Uh, the future of him is sad because he deserted Paul, and that's one of those that kind of turned back in Second Timothy four nine and ten for Demas. He's mentioned again here, right at the end of Second Timothy, as Paul is getting ready to. Lose his head. Four, nine, and ten. Make every effort to come to me soon. He's telling this to Timothy. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. Gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone too to Galatian. Titus to Dalmatia. They're all gone. Now that doesn't mean that they all uh, deserted, deserted him. He's the one that deserted. So they were all here, but what a sad thing. There in Colossians, he played a key role. And then there's a time that comes where he loves the present world, goes back to that, and he deserts this ministry and the very last days of Paul. I'm sure he's seeing that Paul's dying. He doesn't want any more part of it. This is getting a little bit too rough. There's a lot better things out there. And so he goes... Thessalonica. That's sad. Because all these other guys, they stay with him. Even though they went to different places, they're still ministering. But Demas left. He abandoned. 
Paul. So that's about what we've got on Demas. It's kind of heartbreaking. The world system. I want to tell you, there's a lot of Demases out there. You guys have been in this church. If you've been here long enough, you've seen the Demases. You've seen them. It's sad. You know, I've experienced it a lot. It's heartbreaking. And I know exactly how Paul felt when Demas left him and he didn't have anybody else there to do it. And boom, abandonment. Sad. Because all these other guys who saying they're faithful. They stay with it. They keep serving no matter what it is. But other people see other things out there that would be far easier. And they leave. Is it easier or just more convenient? It's convenient. Or it's, it's easy. Not getting, it's, not yeah. getting it's getting too hard. This is this is too much. Are they getting too old? I've had people tell me, this is too much. I can't handle this anymore. I'm too it's tired. Just, I'm too old to do this. I can't do it. It's not fun. The but world promises fun. Or just leisure, the, I think, is the biggest thing that I've them. I just They want their Sundays for themselves. To enjoy. To do what? To enjoy. <laughs> to enjoy. To, to have, have fun! Or, yep. I don't have any time for the first day. Yeah, I work six days a week, and you know, all I got is you know Sunday, and I'd like to be there, but uh, you know, I'd like to some, I'd like to have some time to myself. Yeah. Have you heard that? You don't get a whole bunch of it, real soon. Oh, that's yeah. sad. That's so sad to hear. No, we don't have time for ourselves. We, how can we miss out? On a time to worship God, it's only two hours. You know, of a, of a week. Why? That's, it's like, wow, it's not that important. It doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. Waste of time, didn't it? Yeah. So. don't know what they're here for. That's right, it's been about Most them. people that fill up those church pews have no idea why they're there. It's some other reason yeah. by yeah. for what they're supposed to be there. Just fill on a pew. Well, did you did say that, you know, sheep like to stick together. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're too scared to hang out by ourselves. Yeah. 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 When, when that doesn't make sense anymore, just yeah. sitting there, mm-hmm. you know, when they've got, you know, football games and, mm-hmm. you know, sleeping in and there's so much fun to be had out there rather than sitting there. Of course, you know, when you really think about it, if you really know what it's really about, that's the world's definition of fun. Mm -hmm. But when, you know, and I know exactly what you're saying, Benny, because really, it's probably the most fun thing that you do during the week. That's what you look forward to. I mean, you love singing, you love the Word, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, you can't get that anywhere else all week, Right. Right. Until the church gets together. But the enemy comes along in your ear and goes, Oh man, you should just take this Sunday off. Maybe next Sunday. You know, you deserve that. You've been, you know, yeah, you've been really good. (laughs) Oh, it's like Michael. I was so glad to hear him say that. He missed being here. He was gone two weeks. And he just... He said, this is so great. We need this. We really need it. You know, go down to visit Annie and stuff, and I miss. Yeah. And even though I go to church down there, it's a different uh, flavor. Well, I have yet to hear the churches there in Charleston. I have yet to hear the word really being taught. Sad. It's not. Why not? 
Why not? Why am I not? Because we've got to be a social club so we can keep all those people. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's got to be nice. Well, you just got to do Dennis have never been trying to be nice. Got to be a, put on a show <laughs> for everybody to keep them there. I, I mean, I really wish Annie and were back at the club set because some good teachers up there. Well, we'll close it down here. Last section, 15. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea. It's in that area where Colossians is at. And also Nympha and the church that is in her house. So there you get uh, the church was meeting at, at a home there. right? Uh, when this letter is read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you, for your part, read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. So there was some circular letters happening that we don't necessarily have in Scripture. You'd love to read those letters, but we're not missing anything. We've got the whole Bible right here. We've got more than we can handle. But it's kind of interesting. It's really called circular letters. And so when you get done with it, Pass it on to them. Yeah, bring it on around. So, is there, so if there being more letters written by the apostles, if those were discovered, you know, what would we do with those? Well, they would probably yeah, read them, knowing that they were not to be put in scripture. The reason the there and there were a lot of things found as you know they gathered up all the letters written by Paul and you know the New Testament writers and they came finally to a standard of what was the New Testament but by by 90 mid 90s the first century 95 AD all the bible had been written and it was closed it was done but the church never i mean they gathered these up they had these around everywhere uh, they were being read by different people. They would copy them and move them on, get them around to the churches for the next century, two, three centuries, you know. They But they finally come up with a standard. And so, you know, a lot of it was who wrote it and uh, yeah, eyewitness accounts, you know, because some of them they don't. We don't know for sure who wrote that. You know, well, in, here we do. You know, but... Uh, and there could have been errors that they had, they had to instantly throw that letter out as being can't. It's good to read, but uh, anyway, yeah, there were other letters written to uh, Corinth, for instance, that we don't have here. But um, we have all that we need. We we don't need anything more. We've got it. We've got it all. We've got the we're whole still studying Bible. What we got here. <laughs> yeah, we got more than enough. <laughs> So anyway, you look at all these guys and how God used them in different ways. There is, um, I won't spend any time on it, but there's uh, verse 17. Uh, Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Um, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Why is he saying that? He's writing a greeting. Well, he probably didn't write the whole letter. You know, he wrote at the end of it, signing it, showing this is legitimate. 
This is from Paul. Everything that he's getting, he's being inspired by the Lord. Lord uses his personality and his skills and gifts and everything. It's still coming from God. Using a personality, a personality that God built, writes it. He gets it written down by somebody, uh, whether it be somebody like a Luke or maybe uh, what a Paphras or somebody. We don't know who penned it, but he always would close it out saying, "I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand." Some say that he had uh, he was getting near blindness. He couldn't see very good. So it's hard for him to, to write. But anyway, he says, Remember my imprisonment. Grace be with you. And so, there we have... Um, by the way, Archippus is uh, also found in Philemon too. Um, he's a fellow worker listed here. To, he's supposed to fulfill that ministry. Philemon courses in Colossae. Right, so we'll all be uh, encouraged to fulfill our ministries, just like Archippus here, wherever God has put us, and to fulfill that out. So as we close this out, he closes with "Grace be with you all." That's the message of the gospel. Wherever you look at, and in Colossians here again, that's what it is. Isn't it? A cross of Christ is what makes Christ supreme. He's the all-sufficient one, isn't he? He's the supreme one. That's what Colossians is about. What's a good word for Colossians? Supremacy. Supremacy of Christ. <laughs> all-sufficient. And so we would pray that we become more faithful in the ministry that we've all been given. Because he is supreme. He's sufficient. And that's why we could serve him. It's all about Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this evening. Thank You for Your Word, Your truth. May we be encouraged by this. May we desire to serve You in whatever way that You have made it fit. You've put us all together, not by an accident, but as a way of learning who You are and how You work. We believe in Your sovereignty. We believe in Your supreme sufficiency of Christ. He is what our lives are about. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for Colossians. Has anybody uh, got another one for me? I think, uh, actually, Audrey came up with this one. I think that was a good pick, Audrey. <laughs> Boy, I'm setting myself up for a... <laughs>